This is Pixelated Audio, and you're listening to another expansion pack. Welcome to another Pixelated Audio Expansion Pack. We're your hosts, James and Brian. How's it going? And the track that you just heard was called Monster in My Pocket, Oriental Illusion. Yeah, Monster in My Pocket. That's that's. <laughs> I have a good... Uh, I have some memories with this game. I, I had a friend who had it. I didn't know mm-hmm. it myself, but I, I, had, I had a friend who had it. So I, I, I remember it pretty well. But this track is really cool. Oriental Illusion um wow very oriental <laughs> yeah sounding. i can definitely uh see why they named it that for me i don't have uh any memories with this game i didn't know that a game actually existed but i do remember some of the other types of merchandise that came out for this whole thing there was, right I, you know there was a cartoon and and clothing and toys and stuff like that especially a lot of toys i remember they had a whole bunch of those but um, when i heard this track i was like what is this and i was like oh my god i know I know Monsters in My Pocket, but I didn't know that there was an NES game. So Yeah, no. I, so, okay. I played this. I, I had a friend um, who lived down the street, and we would kind of go over to each other's house, play different NES games. He had a bunch that I didn't have, mm-hmm. like weird ones like this. And um, I had like more, a lot of mainstream ones that he didn't have. And so we, we would go back and forth and kind of play each other's games together. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this game. I remember a lot. Uh, like the gameplay was a lot like um, Ninja Turtles, like the original one, mm-hmm. and you ca- you kind of run. It looks a lot like it too, but I, I don't right. remember much else about it. It is a platformer, though, right? Right, yeah. And and when I when I looked up some playthrough videos on it, it was uh, you know side scrolling, two D, all that, and um, you're running around. You can choose between either a vampire or like a Frankenstein looking monster in the beginning. And you're just running around and you're really tiny. So, I mean, obviously the toys and everything really tiny, you know, monster in my pocket. And the house is huge that you're running around in. So you're like up on the sink and you're like on the floor, like running on her chairs and stuff like that. So it was just really cool to see this, these little tiny characters running around this massive room, which was pretty neat. Very, very cool. You know, I, I thought this, this track too, like it, it's funny because like, yeah, it's got this really almost like kind of cliche oriental sound to it but there's some really cool parts to this track that uh that i thought were that that i thought were really cool like how they they did it they had this syncopation like around like a minute in in fact uh, let me see if i can play it here for a second because i i thought it was really cool like uh how they did it let's see i think it's right here Yeah, it's 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 so weird. That's yeah. so weird. 
So yeah. I want, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I thought that that was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's super fun, fast paced. I love that really fast paced up tempo beat, um, and just like the chimey sounds are just really cool. It's just a really like the track really gets you excited to play and run around. And um, and like I said, this game looks really fun. It came out in 1992 on the NES. It was developed and uh, developed and published by Konami. The composers for the game were Hiroshi Takayasu and Kozo Nakamura. Okay. Uh, and um, Takayasu had done things like Parodius for the NES. Tiny awesome. T- yeah, really cool. Uh, Tiny Toons Adventures 2 for the NES. Beat Mania 6th Mix uh, for the PSX. So that was really cool. And then Nakamura has done a ton of turtle stuff pretty much anything so, you can think so, of turtles. Yeah, so right so i mean even the look like you had mentioned has a turtles feel so we have like um the turtles for the arcade turtles 2 for the nes turtles 3 the manhattan project nes um, turtles in time arcade and and uh and snes and then even hyperstone heist on the genesis so i mean amazing amazing list of music Really great soundtrack. The whole soundtrack from beginning to end is really good. And it just looks like a really fun game. Yeah. No, like I said, like I don't have a lot of memories with it. I do remember a few things about it, but it's it's so fuzzy. It's, it mm-hmm. didn't it wasn't a game that like stood out to me. So I didn't ever have like the desire as a kid. Even as a kid, I was like, as I could pass this. Mm-hmm. I, I could pass on this. I don't have to pick it up for myself. So. Right. I think for me, I would have been more one of those kids that's like, oh, I, I, I have some of these toys. I want this game. But See, I didn't have like, any of the toys. We didn't have a lot of uh, I didn't have a lot of N, uh, NES games growing up. Um, so I had, I think, maybe like five or six different games that my dad picked up when he picked up the system. So I didn't really get a lot more. And I borrowed a few here and there. So I missed out on a lot of N, uh, NES games. So this was a really cool find for me. Very cool. Anyways, uh, why don't we move over to the next track, which is a track that I picked out, and this is actually another uh, NES. Well, this is actually a Famicom track, and the track is called Title Theme, and it's from a game called Formation Z. Is that it? <laughs> that was it. What, were you expecting more? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That's the whole track? You're talking to the bike, dude. Yeah, that's, so that's the whole track? Hold on. I'll play for you again. Hold on. Yeah, that's pretty short. Yeah. I liked We're, it, though. It, I mean, it, it had some, <laughs> some cool stuff going on in the really short right? <laughs> I, I, I was like, all right. I'm going to find something kind of small here and, mm-hmm. and that we wouldn't normally play on any other show. Right. Because I, that would be a bumper. Yeah, that would. Be, we've had bumpers longer than that, yeah. and and it was like eight seconds. Yeah, but uh, no, it's the only track in the game. Really, <laughs> so, so it just loops continuously. So we would never ever play this this yeah. again uh, a track from this game yeah. again. No, that's cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, you you want do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me let me go ahead and play that. So then it just loops continuously? No, no. That, that's it. So it's like a There's no music like the starting the bias type thing and then No, title no, screen. no, that's the title screen. There's nothing yeah. else. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this came out it's okay, so it's actually a pretty cool little game. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's not a, 
a whole lot to it. it I, I don't have a composer for it. it mm-hmm. This is very, very early, and the, the Famicom was released in 1985 in Japan only. So this came out prior on the arcade in 84 and also on the MX, uh, MSX in 95. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, 85. And then it was ported to the Virtual Console in 2009 in nice. Japan. So, I mean, the game is was wanted it was right it did it did have a, a, a large enough following and people enjoyed it enough that nintendo was like hey look, we should we should put this out again and um it was released by jellico uh-huh. and it was also published or it was i'm sorry it was developed and published by jellico so nice yeah it, it it's a cool little game though it's a side-scrolling shooter uh reminds me of a lot of moon patrol mm-hmm. so it i mean the graphics look very moon patrol to me but um the player uh, who you play as you run on the ground and then you can also transform into this plane and then back into like a mech. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like a mech that runs on the ground. So it's, it's got this, you know, kind of cool little side scrolling shooter aspect to it. Like I said, there, I mean, there is no music in the game. It's right. just sound effects. So. No, that sound, I mean, the, the, the style of game sounds really cool. I I'm interested in that. And it was funny. Um, I'm really glad that I didn't listen to your tracks before this because you I probably would have been, like, been like, no, we're not playing that. <laughs> right. No, no, I don't think I would have been like, no, but um, your reasoning behind it especially makes sense that, you know, there's no other music in the game. It's a cool little tune. It's it's, um, it's like this goofy little, like, it, you're never going to hear it again. And I mean, the composer, unknown. So mm-hmm. we don't know who did it, but. Yeah. And it was funny because when you were playing the, you know, the track for me and I was listening, I, I wrote down, um, starts very simple. And then I was ready to. <laughs> Like go on to like oh you know like it really picks up or like it's really dramatic or something and um, you're like no that's it, it. that's it, the it, whole track and I was like are you kidding me <laughs> but no I, I thought it was a really really cool little little tune little itty bitty micro tune so when I picked this track I was like I was thinking to myself I was like James is gonna say something like like is that it kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah anyways uh, what do you have next on the list dude. Next up, I have a track from a game that I've been trying to work into one of these expansion packs for a while. Um, I have a track from Bonk 3, Bonk's Big Adventure. The track is called Boss 2. You just heard Boss Two from Bonk Three, Bonk's Big Adventure. Yeah, that was uh, that was an awesome track. I like that. I like Bonk. I, all Bonk tracks are just really, really cool. It's it's got this really familiar kind of I don't know progression mm-hmm. that I I don't even know if I, it doesn't have anything specially uh, especially Bonk sounding to right. me. But um, like I think the track does 
kind of convey like the gameplay of a bonk game. I, I guess that that works. Yeah, no, I mean, I've I love bonk as well. It's a it's a really cool series. It's it's simple and and awesome. Um, I just love the idea of running around in like a prehistoric world with a giant melon for a head. <laughs> like yeah, and head all things. And all stuff. the all the games, all the the bonk games on um, Turbo Graphics are just were so so freaking amazing mm-hmm. and. I, I loved like I loved them all like I've played them all like I remember doing uh, when we were doing our extra life run once like I was just like uh, I played bonk pretty much for like three hour four hours straight mm-hmm. like nonstop like yeah it's it's a great it. it's a great it. series like it's when it's one of those things where um, had I not heard anything about bonk before and just seeing bonk I'd have been like oh, I could probably pass on this it looks like kind of like a generic. Um, game but then it's just once you start playing it it like any of the bonk games they're just so fun and there's like you really get hooked in a lot and this is a great uh, pc engine game uh, very cool I, I think for me like the early 90s are just some really really awesome music um the way i pick a lot of my tracks is i put the whole library kind of on random and then when a track sticks out to me i jot it down right. and you know i've had tons of bonk tracks jotted down i've been wanting to play some and this one to me i was like all right this one i'm ready to to play this track it's funny it's just really fun it's funny because like i i have a lot of experience like i know bonk very very well but not this game that much like mm-hmm. i don't have a lot of experience with bonk 3 and out of all the other bonk games i've i've played like this is the one i had the least amount of experience mm-hmm. with now i actually own the physical cue card for this but i just haven't played all the way through it enough right to like I, i've gotten into it just not far enough into it so mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, this is a a boss track, so boss two. Um, I really love like the synth sounds that are in it, and um, it's got this really awesome like bass beat behind the whole track. And you got some trippy sounds and things like that, but that bass beat is just all the way through it. It's just really cool to me. I really like that. I agree, and I think about what I like about this track too is that there's no slowdown as far as like you know this is a platformer, so it's uh it's constant action moving mm-hmm. you're constantly moving in some direction you're constantly trying to do something um and there's not like a lot of slowdown mm-hmm. in the game and i think what i like about this track is it keeps that energy level pretty high mm-hmm. and uh there's always something going on you don't hear just like this random loop very very early on it feels like it lasts quite a bit longer before you hear any kind of like repeating Right, right. And that just is just really cool to to see like a track that's long enough to it's probably gonna be a longer battle and and you know, it looping tracks are not bad, but it's just I always really enjoyed when there was so much more to a track than just, you know, ten, fifteen seconds. So um before we move on, I wanna mention the composers, which are Tarohara and Kunio Komatsu. Um okay. they're both part of T's music. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we uh, we've we, mentioned them before. Right. Uh, which uh, just to reiterate, they're a large a very large group of composers that have worked on what a somewhat small number of video games so we have you know games like outrun for the genesis um bonk for game boy nes they did the nes version of bonk as well? um yeah they had that listed on their credits okay. um also felix the cat i threw it that one in there because ev- I, a lot of people know felix the cat i've never played any of the games but it's really, weird. It really like cool it, a lot of people do know felix the cat but i feel like nobody really knows Right. I don't remember watching a lot of Felix the Cat cartoons or anything. It's just like he became like a, he became like an icon, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like somehow, like everybody knew who he was when I was a kid and I don't know of anybody who actually like was into the show. Right. Well, and to hear that T's music did the music for those games, we might need to check into that. We might need to investigate a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what do you have next up? So next up on my list, I actually have a game that I've been wanting to do a full episode on. And, and mm-hmm. I know you have too. We've actually talked about this a long, like probably a, like a long time ago, but it kind of either slipped the cracks or whatever. But it's a game called Warlocked for Game Boy. Right. Yeah. So this this game, I, I you didn't know that I had this pick, but this is um, a track that it's it's not my favorite track out of out of the the whole soundtrack, but I mm-hmm. think it's a very very cool track, and I want to throw in here. This is actually background music nine from the game, and there are no track names. This is just you know whatever they had lined up next. Right. So let's go ahead and fire that up. Background Music 9 from Warlocked on the Game Boy. Actually, the Game Boy Color, composed by Yoroan Tell. Nice. It's a very subtle track, I think. Um, it starts out very simple, and it doesn't really progress very quickly. And But to me, there's a part in the song where it, it seems like it's about to loop, and it switches to... Well, not really switches, but it, it kind of gets a little bit more complex. And I feel like this, the transition to that was so subtle that it's almost like it's slowly building throughout the whole song. It's it's a very like kind of skippy track in mm-hmm. like in the sense that like I feel like when I hear it it's almost like a child's like a nursery rhyme kind right. of like somebody like kind of like walking bobbing up and down like walking through like a cave. I, I don't mm-hmm. I get this weird vibe from that, but I I think this track is is really cool. It's super chill. It almost has like this I want to say kind of reggae-ish kind of feel to it, but not I can see really. a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, to me, I, it just seems like a really good example of background music. Like I would assume, uh, I've never played this game, but I would assume that this track is probably something you're going to hear quite a bit of. Like maybe it's while you're doing a, a long level or things like that. Like, so I could see it looping very well throughout the game and not really drawing your attention to, oh, I just heard a loop. And, but it's just really fun. Like I could, 
it i don't know it makes me want to look into the game and just the soundtrack in general is just it's so good amazing it's so good it's it's one of those things that i i never played as like you know when it came out this actually was released in 2000 in north america only mm-hmm. never came out in japan never came out in europe either i believe and what's really interesting too is well i'll get into a little bit more about um the gameplay but let me talk first about the composer because mm-hmm. we haven't i think we've done a few things from your own tell on our show but I he's don't been, think we've yeah we've, he's been mentioned but. right. I don't think we've gotten too much into him. He's a Dutch composer and he's really really well known for stuff in the demo scene and a lot of his really really good stuff that you might know would be or from the Commodore sixty four at least would be like uh, Combat Crazy, Cybernoid, Robocop three, which mm-hmm. mean you love the soundtrack for right. that, and Hawkeye and Eliminator. He's actually co founder of a group called Maniacs of Noise and they they still do music today. They do a lot of stuff not only game audio but um i think it's predominantly game audio but they Mm. do a lot of different other you know sound effects and stuff like that as well but you row and tell he's a really really uh awesome composer and and he's probably one of my favorites Mm -hmm. of all time because he just has this really cool demo scene and i love that that sound so much in fact uh, when we were talking to to barry leach on uh an episode i think that was what 16 or something yeah it was the uh utopia episode utopia yeah and uh, he mentioned your own tell like a, a lot. I don't know if we had that during like the the Q and A with him, but mm-hmm. we were talking to him later on, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, I did some stuff with your own tell." And I think that your own tell, Barry Leach, Jonathan Dunn have a very very similar sound that they've brought from that demo scene kind of era to right. to like um, newer systems, not only the Commodore but like NES and Super NES. This game came out on the Game Boy Color, like I said, in two thousand. And it was developed by Bits Studios and published by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So we get a, uh, a a big name publisher actually publishing for like this smaller company. And Bits Studios actually did to- Terminator 2 nice. Judgment Day on the Game Boy Genesis and Super NES. So uh, they, they did a lot of other really, you know, pretty well-known titles like yeah. um, R-Type, both 1 and 2 for the Game Boy a lot of ports to handhelds. Right. So they also did the amazing Spider-Man games on Game Boy. They did uh, Spider-Man Return of the Sinister Six on the Game Gear. Oh, I had that. That, that yeah. game was pretty... I, wasn't, I don't know if it was really that great now that I remember it, but I had it. <laughs> now that was you think fun. About yeah. It. yeah, they also did the, the NES port of that as well. And just, just a ton of Game Boy games. Like yeah. a lot of... They, they've done other stuff outside of, of handhelds, but right. you know, I think they're best known... Bit Studios is best known on the on the handhelds. Well, and I love the the sound from Game Boy and Game Boy Color and stuff like that. And, and How I, can you not? How yeah. Can you not? Like everybody does. I mean, it just... It, when I really started getting into game music, it blew my mind what this really early handheld could do as far as sound. And really coming from that demo scene, composers like Barry Leach and your own tell and stuff like that, like they could bring something to the table then and really push the hardware in a different direction or in a different way than I think a lot of other composers could. And, and, and it's it made so, them stood out. Like, it's so out. different than like Japanese composers. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different kind of style. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that it's like a regional split, right? Because Japanese composers have a very, very different sound that, you know, we all love that sound, right. but European composers, American composers have a very different kind of take on, on chiptune music. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see that why, I don't know why it's split like that, but it is. And 
it's it's just very cool on both sides of the spectrum. I think it's really awesome. Well, and I think having those two different types of sound is great when you see composers, you know, U.S. composers that are influenced by Japanese composers and vice versa, where you see this really cool mixture of songs and sounds. And, and I mean, just Warlock in general is just so great. I mean, this the soundtrack... I, I liked it so much that it immediately immediately made me want to pick up this game and play it. I may not like the game at all, but this, the music was so, uh, it drew me in so much. Like I wanted to find out more, which I love about it. It's amazing. Like, it, like there's probably like eight or nine tracks on this, on this soundtrack that are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Very, very well done. And so about Warlock actually, because if you, since you haven't played it, I actually mm-hmm. played it when we were talking about it years ago. This mm-hmm. about this game, I was like, oh, I should check yeah, this out at least, yeah. at least figure out what's going on. So, Warlock is it's a real time strategy game. It's mm-hmm. a lot like um, I want to say like Age of Empires or like Warcraft one and two, where you build up your towns or your civilizations, and then you with different. So you get like uh, stuff like barracks and and castles and different mm-hmm. you know different complexes that you build and then you also have troops that go out and either uh fight you know like kind of like offensive and mm-hmm. then you also have more of like gatherer type so you have people who are like um go and get lumber and stuff I, it's been a while since i played so i don't remember that right. what they actually call them in the game but uh it's really cool you like control this big blue hand around and it's almost like you're playing as like god but mm-hmm. it's not really like you know you're just like managing this this kind of colony right for the Game Boy, for the limited resolution and the limited assets that they could use on the Game Boy Color, it's it's very well done. Mm-hmm. And I so when I was looking this up for you know this expansion pack, I was like, oh, probably just see what other people thought of it. In fact, a lot of people were like, this game is like phenomenal. This is like right. a hidden gem kind of wow. game. So it's really cool. That the music is so good because you know, hey, it's a game you could probably want to pick up. Yeah. Anyways, what's next on your list? Dude? Um, so for my final track for this episode, I'm going to be sticking with the TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine era and playing a track from Bomberman um, Excellent. Ca- called uh, Background Music 5. That was background music five from Bomberman on the TurboGrafx 16. That track is so cool because th- the first thing I noticed right away is you get a little bit of that Bomberman like classic theme mm-hmm. in there, and then 
it deviates and then goes into like this other there's like five bomberman like theme tracks in right. there it's it's almost like a uh, like a like a mashup of like like a medley of like like i said like five different bomberman themes yeah there's so much going on in this track and i i really loved the really awesome beat had great sounds i really loved the really odd sounds that they mixed in there it almost sounded like a maybe like a game over type sound there's, or like yeah a, there's like that like, one drop like it goes yeah and then like it starts up again i was like whoa yeah and it, it just really it puts me in a really good mood like oh yeah how it gets my not, toes tapping and just it's really excited and how i can mean you not be in a good mood with bomberman it's such a yeah on multiplayer game and it's just it's a, another franchise that is just known for amazing music really fun gameplay every time you, know, you play it on any system it's just really fun and i don't know i just really really enjoyed it and like Bonk, this one is also developed and published by Hudson Soft. So you're just seeing that Hudson right. Soft is just doing some really awesome stuff. And they were so great in the late 80s, 90s. Like this, Hudson Soft was like at the top of their their game. Mm-hmm. You great know? games, and great music, good franchises. And I, I, so I had Bomberman for the the original Bomberman for NES, mm-hmm. and then um, I think my next Bomberman was actually Bomberman, maybe Super Bomberman or Bomberman 94 three or four for the turbo graphics and i think out of all of them the turbo graphics bomberman 94 was my favorite one because of the multiplayer aspect it was so fun and then when i finally got saturn bomberman that is what like just my mind my brain Mm -hmm. like exploded oh my god i could play this like like eight people Mm -hmm. i had the multi-tap i got i got that and everything like we would get together and we you know do whatever you know high school kids do and and you know <laughs> play and some bomber man bomber man and so yeah. it was i have great memories of bomber man and, and like hearing those those themes kind of in, infused into like a track right it's just that's that's way cool yeah i like that getting bombed with bomber man yeah i was uh for me uh my entry in a bomber man wasn't until genesis i, I played some mega bomber man mega bomber man one, right. one of my buddies um he lived right by the bus stop, so I would get there a little early. And my buddy Jason, that I went to elementary school and high school and stuff with, and uh, we would, you know, play some of that. You know, pop on some Bomberman, play a couple rounds, or Zombies Ate My Neighbors, stuff like that. So we had a lot of fun with that. And um, I mean, the Dreamcast Bomberman, so good. I mean, just every I I can't think of a Bomberman that's not good. I was pretty stoked when uh, the Dreamcast version came out because it was like Bomberman Online. You mm-hmm. can play with people online now. I think there was a very it was a very short period that that when that came out that the Dreamcast the online was still you know kind of yeah. relevant, and then uh, I think shortly after that like I don't know maybe within a year it was it was gone. But mm-hmm. I remember like you know going with my fifty six K modem on the Dreamcast and playing with people online. It was really mm-hmm. great, but it was always more fun playing with uh, people side by side because right. you could get pissed off at people and and like you know knock the controller out of their hand or yeah you know, no like, it, it's a great multiplayer and I, I mean i anytime it comes out it's a great game to pick up and have fun with i yeah. mean you can you and you can expect great music awesome levels i also want to bring up the composer which is june jakuma and she is really awesome i mean she's she's done a lot of the bomberman stuff i mean we said bomberman is known for great music and she's she, done she's oh, done a yeah. whole bunch of it she's done like the uh any uh, super nes bomberman as well as uh, she's done all of them right yeah game boy game boy color game boy advance genesis fam uh, super famicom sega saturn ps1 stuff like that like i remember she did the soundtrack for fasanadu and i love yeah. that game and actually swindu who's on a, a one of our shows earlier 
uh, he he's a big fan of that too. Yeah, he, and he's like, oh, we got to do a Sanity episode. Yeah, I mean, so we know it's gonna have amazing music. She's just a really good composer, right? So there, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, right? Like she did um, uh, Adventure Island. Yes, the event, the first Adventure Island. She did that. Um, I mean, it's just the list goes on of just amazing stuff. So she's definitely gonna be appearing quite a bit on the show. Anyways, let's move over to my next track. In fact, this is our final track of the mm-hmm. show, and uh, this is a a cool game that. I never actually got a chance to play. I know about it. I mm-hmm. remember seeing it in Nintendo Power, like different reviews and stuff and hearing it was pretty good. My friends had it, uh, but I just never got a chance to play it. And the game is called uh, Disney's Darkwing Duck. Nice. Yeah. And the track we're going to play is called Wolf Duck Stage. The game came out in 92 in North America and came out in 93 in Europe. And it's uh, developed and published by Capcom. And Capcom cool. was like the king of Disney licensed games. Like mm-hmm. the, everything that they did was usually pretty amazing, like Chip and Dale, Aladdin, like all those games were just really well done, mm-hmm. very well thought out. And the development team just was doing a spectacular job bringing those cartoons and animations to life in some kind of interaction or interactive mode through video games. Right, and for me, that was a, a, a huge section of games that I loved to play as a kid was games that, you know, I could also watch the characters on cartoons like DuckTales. Oh, it was a big uh, Quackshot, you know, Taz, things like that. Like, it was just really cool stuff. Did, did you watch the cartoon? Oh, I loved Darkwing Duck. It was so, so cool. I, I watched it a few times, but I wasn't into it. Like, I was into, like, Chippendale and, and into mm-hmm. uh, DuckTales, obviously. And so, I don't know the story. Like, I know bits and pieces. I think I, I watched it, I, I don't know, like, during the summer because mm-hmm. that's when I was home. Uh, most of the time I would after school when I was in elementary school, I would be going to like, you know, after school programs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think during the summer is when I what I actually got to watch it. So I never watched like the full series. I got to watch like bits and pieces. Yeah. But I, I remember I liked it. I just I think that I, I always thought of it as like kind of a spinoff of DuckTales kind of thing. Right. And I think a lot of that's that's how it was. But uh, for me, it was just I don't know. It was more of like a superhero version of of DuckTales. So, I mean, obviously, ducks were everywhere back in those days. But uh, it just to me, it, it drew me in a little bit more. It, was, it felt a little darker. It was still silly and fun, but it, it had that like superhero vigilante feel to me, which I was like, and I kind of want like, who's Darkwing Duck? And, you know, it was just it was really fun stuff for me. Right. It's a platformer based on the TV show. Mm-hmm. obviously the the game is and the story is there's this crime wave masterminded by um steel steelbeak mm-hmm. who is like the main villain in the in the series right and so he hits the the city and and just causing all sorts of havoc and stuff and uh darkwing duck has to to stop him so it's very it's very similar to mega man in fact what i read when i was kind of i just wanted to look it up because i, I knew nothing about it. i wanted to be able to say something mm-hmm. and i realized like okay a lot of people are saying like this is based on the the same engine that Mega Man Five was based on. Mm-hmm. The game looks when I was watching this playthrough, it looked like just like a Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. Very very similar, like graphic layout, like everything for the design was very very Mega Man style. So I thought like wow, this is I wish I wouldn't have missed this because this looks like right. it could have been a pretty pretty rad game. Um, when you start off, there's even in Mega Man how you get to pick the the level that you play. Mm-hmm. You get three different stages to choose from, and then after you beat those stages, you get three more to choose from. So it's nice. kind of like pick your own pick, go with the stages at, at your own pace. Yeah. But the game was composed by Yasuaki Fujita, and he was a composer at Capcom under the he went under the aliases Boom Boom a lot mm-hmm. of the time 
for I don't know what that is a <laughs> yeah. reference to. But anyways, he did a lot of stuff for Capcom. He did Mega Man 3, worked on Final Fight 2, Breath of Fire, Puzzle Bopple for Neo Geo Pocket, and also did Metal Slug first and second mission for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Nice. So a lot of cool stuff. Now, the interesting thing about this guy, and this is something that I didn't make the correlation with right away, is that he's actually married to another Capcom composer named oh, wow. Harumi Fujita. And oh, you wow. would, yeah, you would know her from Bionic Commando, Strider, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Gargoyles Quest, yeah. which he did with uh, Yoko, uh, Yoko Shimomura, and also Toomba. For nice, the I love Toomba. Yes, so it's it's really cool like to see like, wow, oh, I didn't even know they were married. Wow. Holy. <laughs> so very, very cool. So the track, uh, again, is called Wolf Duck Stage. Let's listen to that. Thanks again for listening to the show. You can visit us online at pixelatedaudio.com. We're also on Twitter at pixelatedaudio. And, um, yeah, thanks again for listening. <laughs>